Good evening and welcome to Haunted Log Old Time Radio Midnight Theater presents X-1. Tonight we're doing an episode called Martian Death March. And I'm Nick and I'm joined by Kirk. Brian. From the It's Too Wordy podcast and we are going to listen to the episode and come back and discuss it. So sit back and enjoy this feel-good story. Talk to you in a second. Minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million, could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, presents Death March by Ernest Kenoy. Maybe you've been over the route of the march. Across Mars Highway runs that way now. From the Calmac Canal on the equator, north to the highlands. With a water station every 20 miles and a radar pickup and towing service running 24 hours a day. There wasn't any highway 30 years ago in 97. There was desert. Hot, burning desert. Sand shifting and blowing, piling up around the empty shells of the ruined cities, ancient when man on earth was living in caves. I lived at the edge of the Kalmak Canal then with my father. He was a prospector. Searching the surrounding desert with sonar probe and Geiger counter scratching just enough ore from under the Martian sands to pay for our grub stake the next year. I remember he was in the Adamson digger in the north quadrant when I came running out that day. Dad! 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 There's somebody coming, Dad, across the desert. You sure? I saw them. They're a couple of miles out. How many cars? They're on foot. On foot across the desert? Honest, Dad, I saw them. You sure it wasn't a light reflection off the canal? No, it was dark against the sand. Uh, I don't like that. You run back and get the rifles out. I've got to pull a digger into the shed. Is there going to be fighting, Dad? I don't know. Got a whole year's off piled out back in the bins. They're going to lose it to no claim jumpers. You get back to the shack and break out those rifles. See that they're loaded, you hear? And jump. three surplus army rifles, and a couple of homemade grenades made out of ore cans stuffed with Adamson A explosives. We crouched inside the shack waiting. The shadow of the water tower in the doorway grew longer as the quick Martian dusk settled down over the desert. There they come, Al. There's two of them. 
There's something funny about that second one. Look, he's all spindly, and his head's funny. Yeah, his head's funny, all right. Now, that's a Martian. I never saw one off the reservation before. There hasn't been one, not in ten years. I don't like this. Here they come. Into the door, you... Now, you remember what I told you. Line up the sights and just squeeze the trigger. Hello! Hello there! Now, Dad? Hello! Wait a minute. What do you want? Water! What are you going to do, Dad? Where do you come from? Wolf's well. Are you lying? That's a hundred miles across the desert. I know. That's where I came from. My tank is empty. I need water. Well, drop your gear and come up here slow. Tell that Martian to stay where he is. All right, now. Who are you? My name is John. John, huh? What are you doing with that spider? His name is Kantalka. I don't care what his name is. What's a human doing with a Martian? I found him in the dry bed of Kalmak Canal, nearly dead of thirst. Probably ran off from the reservation. When our brothers are caged, they seek freedom. Brothers? Those spiders? All living creatures are our brothers. On Mars as on Earth. Oh, wait a minute. Bert Ostrom at False Wells told me there was a screwball hedge preacher over there hollering about letting the spiders loose off the reservation. Let no man call his life his own. No man or tribe nor nation. <laughs> I guess that's you, all right. Yeah, Bert told me they called you Crazy John. Oh, well, I don't suppose there's any harm in you. Well, fill up your tank of the air still. You can even have supper with us. We would be happy to. We? What do you mean, we? Kanto Carr and myself. That spider? Ah, oh, no. I have a Martian sitting down to eat with me. Now, you come on, no. Thank you, sir, no. Where my brother is not welcome. I cannot go. Well, search yourself. I'll, uh, get the key to the water tower. Come out here. All right, Dad. Put away the guns. We won't have any trouble from these two. <laughs> filled his tank at the air sill tower, and the Martian went through the ash pile for half-burned fuel brick. When we went in the house for supper, I could see them silhouetted against the fire. The old man with his wild hair and beard, and the thin, spidery arms and legs of the Martian. Dad. What now? Were the Martians always on the reservation? Since the Outpost 3 massacre, they have been... What was that? Back before you were born, they lived wild in the mountains up north. Were they fierce? Fierce enough. There's only one place in those spiders. Behind wire. Yeah, it sure is. Out in the dooryard, the campfire flickered at the base of the water tower. The first of the Martian moons had set. The other wouldn't rise for several hours. I could hear the sandpeepers out in the desert as I stood there. The old man and the Martian were sitting on the ground, huddled close to the fire. It gets cold fast on the desert when the sun goes down. Did you, boy? 
You can come up to the fire if you'd like. My dad wouldn't like it. All right. But I'm not afraid of no spider. No. There's nothing to be afraid of. How come his arms are all skinny? Ask him. Does he talk? Yes. His name is Pantalkar. It is, huh? Hello. Hello, boy. He talks funny. It is not my language. Why isn't he on the reservation? You can get in trouble helping spiders to escape. He's my brother. He was caged. When my brothers were in bondage, I came to them and said, Lo, the time has come for deliverance. You talk funny, too. Is it true that you want to let all the spiders off the reservation? No man has the right to imprison the innocent. My dad says the spiders are treacherous, cowardly, murdering savages. That's what he says. Boy, there was a time on this world when there were no earthmen, when the ships and the machinery of earth were unknown. Then the people of the highlands lived in peace. They who bring not peace but the sword will perish by the sword. Then the ships came down with the machines for digging the inside of the ground. And the island people were as numerous as the grass. Today they are a handful, starving, dying behind the wire. But the reservation isn't so bad. Our home is in the mountains of the north, not the desert. I heard a voice which cried out to me in the desert, Go to your brothers. Do they really call you crazy, John? I have been called many things. You really think we ought to let all those old spiders off the reservation? Boy, we die here in the desert. We die in the sun and of the sicknesses you have brought from Earth. That's because Martians are just weak. I bet I could knock you down myself. You could. We are a different people. We have not the strength of muscle of Earthmen. But we will not stay here to die. You won't get off the reservation. The patrol takes care of that, all right. They won't let any stinking old spiders out. Even in the minds of children, it's planted the poison of evil. How long? through the window, I could see the flicker of the old man's campfire. He was walking up and down now, shouting, singing hymns, verse after verse, his white beard catching the light as he passed behind the fire. The Martian sat slumped over, his thin, spindly arms folded across the huge, barrel chest that had developed over the centuries as the air of Mars thinned and escaped into space. In the morning, I looked out, and they were gone. Looking back now, we wonder how they did it. The high voltage wire around the reservation carried a fatal charge. The patrolman in the tower had 50 caliber machine guns. The desert around the camp was mined heavily. And yet, at dawn, August 7th, 1997, they broke out. I was down at the dried-up canal bed hunting sandpapers when my father came running after me. Al! Al! Here I am. Come on, back to the house. What's the matter, Dad? Now, stop and run! What is it? Spiders must have loose. 
Fred Ostrom radioed in. They coming here? They're headed this way. Murdering devils. Did they kill anybody? Six patrolmen when they busted through the wire. I get inside. What are you going to do, Dad? Well, Rick Tegger Adams and then across the gates. You get in there and get the guns out. I got the rifles and shoved a full clip in each one. Then I slipped a primer fuse in the homemade grenades and lugged them out on the porch. Dad was running lead wires back to the detonator from a half keg of Adamson A he'd set across the gate. Ah, that's set. Give on those rifles. Will they be here soon? You can see the dust over the rise. Murdering spiders. What do they do? I don't know. Now make sure you get a good sight, Al. Don't waste any bullets. There they are, Dad. There they come. Now wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up. I want to get a good shot. Let them get closer. Dad, that's crazy John up in front. There. He's taller than the spiders. You can see his beard. Yeah, you're right. The renegade rat. Probably helped him break out of the reservation. Now listen, Al. If anything happens to me, you light out back to the shed. You can hide out in the empty orbits till they go away. You got that? All right, Dad. The spider's shouting something, Dad. That's probably a trick. Get down, little lad. They're in the way. Yeah, I got him clear now. Right in the head. No, up a little now. I got him. I got him. Dad, look out. They've got guns. Down. Get down. Dad. Get out, Al. Get out of the shed. But, Dad, you're hit. Go on. The spiders are going to rush. Get going. I can't leave you. Shut up. Get out of here. You're here. Get out there. I ran back through the house to the shed. And behind me, I could hear the Martians sweeping up the dooryard. Then suddenly, the ground shook. And I could feel the dull concussion waves hit my ears as the Adelson A exploded. hear the high-whispered screams of the Martians and the rattle of fragments on the metal roof of the shed. I dived into the empty ore bin and slammed the hatch almost shut. I crouched there, watching the thin edge of light that filtered through, listening to the brittle tramping of Martian feet on the board floor of our house. The shooting had stopped, and the shouts had died away. I sat there waiting, and then suddenly a shadow fell across the edge of light. And the hatch slid open on top of me. You leave me alone. I'll kill you. Boy, I've been looking for you. Where's my dad? What did you do to my dad? He's dead. You killed him. You and those spiders. You killed my father. Come out of there, boy. You let go of me, you murderer. Come on, out. I'll kill you. I'll kill all those stinking murdering spiders. They are our brothers, boy. Your father shot without warning, and the fire was returned against my orders. Before he died, he set off the explosive. I hope he killed them all. He killed many. You did not have to shoot. We came to get water for the journey. You mean you aren't going to attack us? Our brothers came in peace. They're going home to their mountains. We came to get water for the journey. You mean you just wanted water? You... 
You... Dad. 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 He's camped. It's straight across the desert to the mountains. He'll die. John, since the Earthmen came to Mars, the Highlanders have died like the grass in the hot sun. We are going home. One life cannot stop us. They tore the Adamson Aerostale from the tower and mounted it on poles. They piled our supplies in the yard and loaded them on their backs. And then they started. I marched with the old man at the head. And the column stretched out behind us on the desert. Women, children, the sick and the dying. Some showing the signs of the diseases that were trivial to the earthmen, but deadly to the Martians. Chickenpox, German measles, and the bronchial infections that rest through the vast areas of Martian lungs, eating away the tissue till death came in a last spasm of coughing. I turned to look back at our house, but the sun was behind it, blinding red, and the old man pulled me around as he marched, his eyes fixed on the horizon where far to the north rose the cool mountains that were the ancient home of the Highlanders. Fourteen of the Martians died the first day. They dropped to the side of the column when they could go no further and died. The march went on. The sun burned down in the day. The air shimmered with the heat. And at night, under the cold racing light of the twin moons, the winds cut tattered clothing and scattered the feeble fires that dotted the campsites. On the fifth day, we swung wide to avoid a mining settlement, but not wide enough. They were in ambush behind a pile of rocks. Don't! Don't worry! Why aren't the spiders fighting back? Come on back! All of you! We're giving you your last chance to get back to the reservation! I'm going to shoot the whole lot of you! Let us go in peace! Who's that? You! What are you doing with them spiders? That's crazy girl! A voice cries out to the universe! Your brothers must have justice! We'll give them justice! I shall lead them home! Home! To the promised rest! Home to the mountains! March forward! March fired as fast as they could reload. A Martian would spin and drop as the heavy caliber bullets shook his bones to brittle fragments. But the march went on. We wound across the desert in wild zigzags, following the paths the old man had traveled through the years. Only once a patrol plane hovered on the horizon and then shot away. The days went on, the weeks, and the Martians died. They died of exhaustion. They died of the disease we had given them. And they died of thirst. The Adam-
Adamson still could produce 27 units of water an hour, no more. And on that, they died of thirst. Yeah, boy. Here's your water. That's more than the others got. Take it. But it's yours. You're giving me your water. It will be provided to me. He that brings justice to his brothers will drink deep of the water of righteousness. He that leads his brothers to their promised rest will savor the cool drafts of the mercy of heaven. Here. Drink your water, boy. Across the desert, from the Calmac Canal to Fever Dip, past the towering mesas of the Higgins Badlands, across the dry sea bottoms, they marched. On the 54th day of the march, we halted at evening. The air was thinner and colder now. The rations had long since been exhausted. And around the campfires, they cooked the hard, bitter kernels of the dogbush nut that grew on spiny stalks like earth cactus. I lay down to sleep wrapped in the old man's coat. Early in the morning, before sunrise, I woke suddenly. The ground mist that had covered the desert the night before was lifting slowly. And I saw the old man standing by the burned-out fire, the vapor swirling around his legs, and the cold light of the false dawn edging his wild beard. Go back to sleep, boy. I can't. The end is near. I've led them through the wilderness dry shot across the seas. And before us lie the mountains. You mean we're almost there? When the mist is taken from the eyes of man, the place of refuge can be seen. You mean the mountain? <laughs> it's over. We're there. I read them to their home. And I must go back to the desert. You mean alone? No. Even now, I hear a voice in the wind. Carry... The message to the men of earth bring to this new world the message of the old. All beings created in the universe are my brothers. And he that harms my brother harms me. <coughs> Goodbye, boy. You'll be safe now. Goodbye, John. Goodbye. The Martians found him 500 yards from the camp, dead. He had given me his water. He had divided his ration among the sick. And yet his gaunt, tall body had lasted till the march was done, till the mountains were in sight. For now the mist rose, and before us towered the highlands, the tall green mountains, and the cool sky. The march was over. Of the 7,000 Martians who started, 900 were alive. They gathered now on the rise of ground and faced the hills. Their thin bodies wavered as they stood. 
and some dropped to the ground as they stood there. But there was a light of hope in their large, staring eyes. Most of them had died, but they had died on the way home. And now the march was over. Patrol planes were spotted on the horizon, and within ten minutes, they had landed. The Martians stood silently as the squads piled out and set up the 50 caliber machine guns and petroleum gel flamethrower. All right, you spiders, hands up and stay together. Gather in a bunch and don't try anything. Sergeant. Yes, sir. Shoot the first spider that moves and shoot to kill. All right, come on. Uh, Where's the boy? There was a boy reported. Kids, uh, they didn't hurt you? No, no, I'm all right. John gave me his water ration. Oh, the leader, eh? I've got a warrant for him. Where is he? There. He's dead. Oh. Well, just as well. I'd hate to be him in front of a settler's jury. What are you going to do to them? Oh, the spiders? Uh, you see those transport planes coming in? We're going to ship them all back to the reservation where they belong. You mean take them all back? Lock, stock, and barrel. They'll be back behind wire before tonight. Hi, right, Sergeant. Get them broken up in groups of 50. The first transports are coming in. You can't. You can't do that. What are you talking about, kid? Oh, you can't take them back. They're home. John said they were home. Oh, you don't understand. You didn't see them. Oh, what's the matter with you, son? The desert got you? What do you care what happens to the spiders? Bunch of murdering cowards anyway. No. No, they're not cowards. They couldn't be. I saw them marching till they couldn't walk. And they aren't even as strong as I am. Ah, you take it easy, kid. You're, you're all right now. We rescued you. You don't have to worry about these spiders anymore. You can't take them back. It isn't fair. I won't let you. No, no. I won't let you. I, I won't let hey, you. Hey, hey, let go of me. Hey, let... Sergeant. Yes, sir. Yeah, you feel this crazy kid off me. They're home. Can't you understand? You can't take them back. All right, now, kid. Easy, easy. It must be the dark. Can't be safe now. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> You spiders, step it up, move along. These transport planes, roll over now. You're headed right back to the reservation. They separated them in groups of 50 and loaded them in the planes. 900 out of 7,000. And soon the first big-bellied ships waddled out on the hard sands and lifted slowly into the air, headed back to the south. Flying over the trail of dead and dying who started on the march to the highlands, the march to home. Come on now, kid. You'll feel better as soon as you get back to civilization. And don't worry about them spiders. They're taking care of them now. took off, I looked once more at the green mountains, towering through the mist. And then, just before the motor raced, I saw John. Crazy John. Propped up against a dognut bush where the Martians had placed him. The wind from the south gave the wild hair and beard a rippling life. He faced the hills. The home and the rest he had promised his brothers as he led them through the wilderness of Mars. 
just heard X-1 presented by the National Broadcasting Company in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, which this month features an informative article by Willie Lay on Tracking Down the Sea Serpent. Galaxy Magazine, on your newsstand today. Tonight by transcription, X-1 has brought you The Martian Death March, written especially for radio by Ernest Kenoy. Featured the cast were Ralph Bell, David Pfeffer, Richard Hamilton, Roger DeCoven, and Lawrence Kerr. The narrator was Ralph Camargo. This is Fred Collins. X-1 was directed by Daniel Sutter and is an NBC Radio Network production. All right, guys. So, not the greatest story, um, but it's kind of cool. Like if it's a futuristic Trail of Tears story. Yeah, that's. I got an old west kind of feel from it. Yep, that's what I got from it. Yep, like uh, settlers on Mars, and they're putting the indigenous people into reservations. Yeah, and, and are just. Complete assholes about it. So we yeah. learn nothing. Learn nothing from our past. Right. I like how it was in 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's the future of uh, 1997. But what if we would have done? Kept going on the space race. If we would have lost the space race, I think that we would have been on Mars already. Like if Russia would have won and America would have kept that drive, we wouldn't have stopped. Nope. We wouldn't have given up. And it's ridiculous that we did. Well, we're getting back into it on Wednesday. Yay! Space Force, you signing up? <laughs> no, it's, uh, what is it, the Falcon 9 is going to the space station yeah. from SpaceX. Nice. So they're doing a live launch on, uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Taking two astronauts up to the space station. We need to go out a little bit further than that now. Well, yeah. You need to put a giant 3D printer out in space, and you need to make ships out there. Yep. <laughs> Outside of gravity, you can make them as big as you want. You got 3D printers. I you think can do what, it. I think the next plan is to take the Falcon Heavy, fly it to the moon, land it, and bring it back. The moon? They're going to bring the moon back? Yeah. All right, sweet. No, bring bring <laughs> the rocket back. Oh, I thought they were going to bring the moon back. Oh, yeah, I hope they don't bring the moon back. back. Destroy, no. We need it a little closer, please. Our, we need it a little closer so our tides are yep. all screwed up. Just, just <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need California gone, apparently. Just take it out. Yeah. No, that's the next plan, is they're going to fly the rocket out to the moon, land it, bring the rocket back to earth and land it to prove that they can just so they can make sure that they can do it for Mars. Yeah. And then, so we'll see. But what do you guys think about this episode? I mean, it, it, it was really depressing. It was dark. It was so <laughs> like those goddamn spiders. God, I'm going to put them on that reservation and just make like, 
they were like walking like for days in the desert and then the 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 white people show back up and they're like nope we're putting you back to where you started your walk you idiots them damn dirty coward spiders right and that that kid in the beginning was just like oh i want to strangle him oh my yeah. god yeah yeah i I thought they did a good job with the casting. I, I like the different voices that they had with it. I love the storytelling of it, uh, but it was very depressing. Yes, it was very depressing. Especially when the kid changes sides and he's so powerless that he can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just see this. I mean, we've seen so many movies where the military is just like, we're going to do what we want. Yeah. No matter what's what happens. And this is that story again. So I don't know. I mean, it was good for futuristic sci-fi from 1950s something. I'm not sure of the date because I never look at those because I'm not a historian. So if you're looking for a history history podcast on OTR, this is the wrong one for you. This is a podcast for us to get together and listen to shows that we've never listened to before. And discuss them. So, if you want history, there's so many history OTR podcasts out there. This one's just for fun. This one is just, hey, sit back, listen to this episode, listen to three jerk offs, talk about it afterwards. And that's what it is. So, if you want history, <laughs> go find something else. <laughs> All right. I don't, I don't have time to do research on OTR. You know how there's like 50 years of history, there's no way I'm going to learn all of that. No. As interesting as it is, I don't care about who the director. I don't care about the writer. I don't I just like the story. I mean, 